Hi, David, and welcome to the podcast on what does innovation mean during a time of crisis? David, I'm so happy to have you on this podcast. Hi, Radhika. It is great to be here, and uh, I'm excited for this conversation. <laughs> great. So David is my longtime college friend and fellow marketer. And as I think about David, David is one of the most humble people I know very thoughtful and empathetic and an active listener. Many characteristics of what we would want in leadership and especially for innovative solutions. So you came to mind when I was thinking about a podcast on innovation. David, your professional journey has been simply remarkable since college and I've followed it. Uh, David has a MBA um, a graduating from IIM in Ahmedabad in India which is an institute for those who don't know in the ranks of Harvard and Princeton. And he then spent 20 years of his marketing career at Kellogg's um, as president and general manager of Kashi, which, oh, by the way, David, is one of my favorite brands. And uh, since then has moved to smaller brands like Modern Table, making his journey so much more diverse and so incredibly interesting. So David, let me dive into the podcast topic. I'd love to open it up by asking, you know, what does innovation to you look like during these difficult times, during a time of a pandemic and during crisis? Radhika, it is so interesting to see what's going on. Um, there are um, so many things that are headwinds for businesses um, and really focusing in on uh, their core consumer, their core products, and making sure that they're able to engender loyalty and growth from that existing set of consumers and products is I think key to success. From a business perspective, cash is king in a recession, cash is king in a crisis. And the way to translate that from an innovation perspective is to really think about optimizing what you have. This would not be the time to uh, enter a new segment or a dramatically new segment or create something that's completely different than your existing business model. This would be the time to understand what your pain points and passion points are for your existing consumers, how you can um, improve things, how you can maybe find different ways to interact with them or sell to them. Uh, I'll give you an example. On Modern Table, uh, it's a pasta that appeals to gluten-free consumers, and uh, they loved, our fans loved our pasta. We did an exercise where we talked to uh, fans of our product on social media, and they said they didn't love our mac and cheese because in addition to having uh, gluten issues in the household, many of them had dairy issues, and so they wanted a vegan mac and cheese. It was an opportunity adjacent to where we were, staring us in the face, we created a vegan mac and cheese and had amazing success with it. I think there are many such opportunities that come from interacting intimately with, engaging and listening actively to your consumers and then building innovation, product innovation from what you hear there. Yeah, and I think you raise a really good point that sometimes we tend to have a narrow focus and only uh, concentrate and focus on the competitors in our category, but what I'm hearing you say is really have that wider lens, you know, when 
you see an adjacency with a different category, with a different industry that applies to what you are doing to your business, um, connect those dots and bring that thought process into building your solution. And that's really important that we learn how to connect those dots and, 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 and uh, learn from other industries as well. I, I love that line of thinking because one of the things we are guilty of doing as, as executives in you know, consumer packaged goods is focusing very much, even, even within our own categories, uh, thinking outside of our categories, thinking of uh, fashion or um, service businesses and seeing what they're doing to uh, improve the customer experience, to um, reduce pain points, to, um, to innovate. I'll give you an example. I am fascinated with, not as a consumer, but as a marketeer, the cannabis industry, uh, the ways in which they have overcome regulatory pressure, the ways in which they're connecting with consumers and how they're marketing their products um, as that becomes more mainstream and more widespread can give us uh, insight into what we could do if we're launching, say, a new food or something that uh, hasn't got a commonly accepted taste profile. And so that's just one way in which you can look at other industries and translate the insight into your product, your business, your category. Absolutely. So as we continue thinking about proliferation of new products, and I think you're right on when you said at a time of economic crisis uh, that comes with the pandemic, focusing on what you can do with what you've got is, is really right on. It, it's, it's accepting the fact that you are in the situation and you need to harness the assets you have and really leverage what you have and get more mileage out of it. So as you think about innovative solutions beyond product with this proliferation of new products, which you, know, you may not want to tap into at the moment, uh, we think about customer experience. We think about innovative communication. We think about digital. We really think about meeting our consumers where the consumers are. So help us spotlight where we would need to focus our resources and energy as marketeers as we as we as we think about solutions beyond just product, yeah, um, you know, one area that's really top of mind, and I'll I'll speak from personal experience, is a sales channel, direct to consumer, buying something through e-commerce or Amazon, was existed, but especially in the context of food uh, or grocery products, was not that big. The pandemic changed all that. Our own household uh, maybe bought something off Amazon once every couple of weeks. Now there's something coming in every week and it includes refrigerated and frozen products. And so uh, if you are a small or medium-sized business and you don't have a direct-to-consumer shopping uh, channel established up and running, uh, it's something you've got to be thinking about. Uh, this is something that the pandemic forced upon us. Uh, but as marketeers and business owners lean into this trend, they realize that it's a great channel because it gives you a ton of insight and information. You can build a direct relationship with your consumer, unlike what you can do through, uh, when you're going through an intermediary, a distributor or, a, or another customer. Um, and you can market on a one-to-one -one basis. 
you know, usually a marketer's dream. And so direct-to-consumer is one example of innovation that has nothing to do with product and everything to do with understanding uh, where the consumer is and then meeting them there. Uh, another one is uh, how we do marketing in this um, day and age. Uh, one of the, uh, the core principles in marketing a food product is to get food in mouth. Well, that's very, very difficult to accomplish today um, because you are not allowed to get into stores and uh, it's, it's unsanitary, it's not unsafe. And so brands are coming up with innovative ways uh, to uh, demo their products, uh, to get them in front of consumers and share with them the experience of, um, of consuming and interacting with it. The tech industry has had a long tradition of unboxing and unbagging as a way to celebrate the launch of new products and creating video um, uh, content around that. Consumer packaged goods uh, brands are now adopting that as a way to do what they call a live demo, a, a digital demo. Um, so thinking about different ways to market uh, that may be more cost effective, that may be more targetable, that may be, uh, allow you to have a two-way conversation instead of a one-way conversation uh, is, is a second example. And the last one I'll share is thinking about the trend. If you step back and think about what's going on in consumers' lives, um, health and immunity is a big focus. But because we're all at home, indulgence is, is on the rise. The sales of frozen pizza and ice cream have increased dramatically since the pandemic. And so at the intersection of that is this trend towards permissible indulgence. And if you can position your existing products to meet that trend, um, you are definitely going to benefit. And maybe that's where you know, there's closer in innovation that you launch that takes advantage of what's going on in consumers' lives. So three ways to innovate, uh, the sales channel, the marketing, the way you go to market, uh, and the way you think about how to connect with people's lives and make your product more relevant at this time of the pandemic. Yeah, <clears throat> it's all about transformation at the moment. Absolutely, and, and you know, our lives have been transformed um, in so many ways. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I firmly believe that marketing as a profession uh, is, is also undergoing a transformation in the ways in which we connect uh, and, and the ways in which we innovate. Yeah, I think the way we uh, learn from our consumers, um, the way we observe, the way we get do market research, crowdsourcing, for instance. Um, and you know, earlier we were talking about um, introducing new products with the mindset of an entrepreneur, something that we can all adapt to um, and allow ourselves the, the um, uh, the ability to test and learn and experiment in small doses to be able to take smaller risks, but at the same time get that learning so that we can innovate with speed because speed is your friend and, and speed is the name of the game at, at the moment when things are evolving so quickly. And we are seeing that transformation really everywhere from CPG to tech, to services, to education. I, I love the notion of validate like an entrepreneur. Uh, no longer is it necessary to spend uh, six to 12 months developing first a concept, then a product, then testing it inside, you know, before it gets its first exposure to a real life consumer. 
and asks that live consumer to exchange value for that product. Um, developing something that's imperfect, something that's a prototype, is very feasible. Consumers are much more accepting. In fact, enjoy the idea of trying something at the beta stage and giving you feedback. And what you're getting there is a response, not just to a concept on paper, not just to a product sample in a sterile, you know, focus group environment, but a real live exchange of value where the consumer has to put their money where their mouth is uh, and tell you whether that's good enough and then give you feedback on the product. And so that notion of testing prototypes early and often and refining uh, what you've launched um, is, I think, a great way uh, tech does it, you know, version 1.0, version 1.5. Absolutely. Tesla's done it. And we've gotten used to it with the with technology products doing it. We as consumers are now uh, more trained in accepting that there will be an upgrade coming and we are okay with it. The new plant-based meats are a great example of this beyond an impossible launched products. And then almost a year later, changed them. And, you know, in the past, it would be something that you don't share uh, mm -hmm. with consumers. In fact, they celebrated the notion that they had upgraded, improved um, their products. And that's a great example of doing innovation on the run uh, and improving your product experience, improving your customer experience um, by learning from them and learning from what your first iteration didn't do as well, maybe uh, as you would have wanted it to do. Yeah, and I, and I think that, that, that that's uh, very true that it allows you in, to iterate as you learn and it allows you to understand nuances of what might work or might not work for you. And execution, as we know, is, is, is king. And if things look great on paper, but cannot be implemented and executed as well as they should be, that's where things start falling through the cracks. And uh, re really understanding the customer journey and seeing it in action, seeing a product in action with a consumer allows us to understand the nuances and proactively be able to solution for those nuances where we think things are um, likely to fall through, making that execution, making that implementation um, much more flawless from, that, from a proactive standpoint. That's so right, Radhika. And I'll connect what you're saying to something that we talked about right at the beginning, which is in an environment that's recessionary, in an environment where um, cash is king, where resources are limited, uh, and you want to make sure that you're making the right launch, or you're making the right decision, it's no longer about finding that one silver bullet perfect product. It's about being able to test a range of different options, maybe even different uh, categories that you want to play in. But if you can test them in an iterative way uh, all the way through the process, you're going to have a portfolio of things that you've validated, and then you can pick and choose you know, which ones to invest behind. It's just smart risk-taking that's enabled by our environment today, which is digitally driven and where consumers are more willing than ever to interact with brands um, if you're transparent with them and you share where you are and ask for their feedback. Yes, and I think that innovation is going to have to evolve into leadership as well as we begin thinking about how to get our, our talent and our, our um, assets, which are people off the Zoom calls and off Microsoft Teams, or just off the chair and being able to um, 
think creatively, think at peace, and and really focus on innovation, really giving them that think time. And I think leadership is going to have to step up and evolve to uh, incentivize their their uh, uh, folks to get out there and think more and, and, and think in a creative way and in a space that allows them to think broadly rather than only diving into the problems at hand. And so I love everything that you have said so far. And I'd love you to be able to summarize um, some of the key points that you think we should take away from here and what we should spotlight our, our attention on. So I'll summarize by, by using the example of this exact podcast. Um, what you have done is a great example of innovating. Your, your objective here is to get your students to think outside of their immediate assignment, outside of the immediate business problem, competitors, product category that they're in, and um, to get them out of the uh, traditional mode of learning and to exercise different aspects of thinking and, and abstract a little bit. And what better way to do that than to create a podcast, to bring in folks from different disciplines. And, um, you know, if you're listening to a podcast, you can be out in the open, taking a walk, sort of exercising. It's just a different way to experience the learning. Uh, I'm a big believer in, in changing it up. Uh, and so the things we've talked about today um, focusing in on your core, knowing what your key message is, but at the same time using um, innovative ways to, to get at the solution uh, is just perfectly embodied uh, by this podcast. And it's been a pleasure uh, to be on it. Thank you, David. And thank you for reminding us that with crisis comes challenge and with challenge comes opportunity. And so that leaves us a lot to think about, David. And um, I have had a tremendous pleasure just getting ready for this podcast, talking to you today and exchanging thoughts. And I look forward to more exchange of thought moving forward. And may I just say, David, that you are the same humble, empathetic thought leader that I knew back in college and not much has changed. And I love that about you, given all the success that you have had in your professional life and um, yet you remain to your core, <laughs> just like a strong brand, to your core, the same person. So appreciate your time, look forward to more and um, I hope you have a wonderful weekend ahead of you and we'll have you back on the podcast very soon. It's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege Radhika, um, loved it and uh, thank you. <laughs>